you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, we got our last Sunday night recap show of the regular season coming up. So you would think that the fantasy season was over. But it's not, Mark Sessler. You can sign up. You can go play a little fantasy football. Fantastic. FanDuel.com. If your season-long leagues are over, you can go to FanDuel.com. Joey Watson from New York. Hey, Joey Watts. He played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks. He won over $30,000. That is some big-time money. We could all use that money. So go to FanDuel.com, click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and use our code AROUND. That's going to hook us up. It'll hook you up with a new user special. They will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's 200 bucks for free. Don't forget to use our code Around, that's our code, around, fanduel.com. It's going on in the playoffs. Go there now. The Around the NFL podcast had nothing to do with Daniel Jeremiah's torn Achilles. Really? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Anzis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? What is up? That's true, by the way, about DJ. I know there's been some rumors uh, Daniel and I, despite having the same first name, have had some differences since he launched his successful podcast, Move the Sticks. Uh, we did not tear his Achilles. DJ's great. I listen to his podcast. I love hearing TD on it. The only thing that bothers me a little bit is it feels like TD is a little more engaged, a little, mm. you know, a little more into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't love all the podcasts equally. I, I just get the feeling you Let's love start him off a little on the more. Wrong foot, guys. Mm. On this show, there's a lot more to do in terms of video production, a lot more going on okay. behind the scenes. DJ so for right now is kind of like when you guys first started as, you know, the your round the league podcast. You know, you, we got to grow. We're not at this level just yet, you know? This is a bit of the backhanded uh, insult I would feel like what? just happened, just occurred. TD, is, is it possible that there's shot. too much of you on that podcast? <laughs> you have a large <laughs> role in it. This is week 17, folks. This is the end of the yellow brick road, a long regular season. Mark, uh, you, you've been there. You've been down the road. This is the fifth regular season we've worked together at the NFL.com. And uh, another one's in the books, and a lot of stuff went down today. Uh, did you like the year, Greg? Did you like it? It was great. I love that it was 425. Four, five games are going on. Four of them had big-time meaning. The NFC seeding kept changing mm-hmm. every 10 minutes. Same thing happened early with the AFC wild cards, which we'll get to. That's what you look for, and now we're ready to move on to January. I'm always happy. When Probably I'm the most competitive of all the ones that we've worked together. Yes. Right down to the end. I know personally, Thank Dan you, and Mark. I follow a couple of teams that uh, a, a continued threat of total disaster shows. Yes, yes, which we'll get into a little bit li- later. And thank you, Mark, for going more uh, macro there because that's what I asked you, Greg, but you, you stuck to just talking Sunday. 
I said, you like the year. Did you like this year? Yeah. Aspects of it. I didn't like the beginning of the year. It was a great year. I like the end of the year more. <laughs> Why? What was so good about the end of the year? Uh, less, you know, things that weren't yeah, good. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not even certain what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> it's probably best, what though. What the hell's going on out here? So why don't we get into the games? There were 15 games uh, played before Sunday Night Football, so every team played on Sunday. That only happens once a year in Week 17, so let's get straight to it. We start at Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers clinched the NFC North in a first-round bye with a 30-20 win over the Detroit Lions. The Packers survived a scare in the second quarter when Aaron Rodgers aggravated his calf strain and was carted to the locker room. Rodgers returned, sparked the win, come, uh, the win, and then, to me, locked up his MVP uh, award with, the, with it. But the big picture here is the Packers are the number two seed and are only behind the Seattle Seahawks. And home field. I think for a minute in the newsroom, when we saw Rodgers go down, it was a thought of not only does it, you know, look at what, what, how difference of the difference maker is for that team, the entire Super Bowl race completely altered. Because if there's one team that I look at that can challenge Seattle at home or in Seattle in the playoffs, it's Green Bay when they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, they looked so average when he was gone. Here they go out of the, he actually hurts the calf. Moments before throwing a touchdown pass to Randall Cobb to make it 14 nothing, he misses the equivalent of half of a quarter, I would say, of action, and it goes from 14-0 to 14-14. He comes back in, and they win 30-20. So you do the math. This guy is that important to the team, and he's got such a great swagger about him. Uh, he, I saw somewhere on Twitter that he came up to Matt Flynn, who filled in not so capably uh, in, in Rogers' place, and said, I got this. Went in. <laughs> first touch, first drive back in, touchdown, and the Packers never look back. And, you know, when he comes back in the game, I mean, this it wasn't just the season could end. It's like this game. I didn't. I wasn't even looking past this game. When the Lions come and score those two touchdowns and you think Rodgers probably isn't coming back in, you're thinking the Lions are going to win this division. And even if Rodgers gets to play next week, they're going to be on the road and it's a whole disaster. And then they come in and do what it, everyone expected. It's really amazing that he, facing that defensive line, uh, Rodgers just came back and didn't miss a beat, and he is not healthy. So this two-week break is vital to not just uh, Rodgers' ability to play at an MVP level, but for the Packers to have any chance of advancing out of the NFC and getting past Seattle. I don't like the fact that you're just handing him the MVP. I mean, J.J. Watt uh, had it. He earned it. had another monster game. Your boy, he went over 20 sacks on the year. He couldn't have a bigger impact well, than any could, defensive player we ever talked about. We'll get, we're going to get into that when we get Wes on the phone about maybe that debate. But I think what Rodgers did here, I thought that it was beautiful the way such a great season, uh, one of the best seasons in recent memory for a quarterback. He capped it with a little Willis Reed magic mm. at the end of the game. I, I think that will stick with voters, and I think that's going to that's gonna put him over the top. He's had a great year. If you're a Packers fan and you're in your 40s even – it's been since 1992 that you've had nothing but supreme play at quarterback, oh, I, which know, drives me crazy. That's fair. And the other thing I was just thinking just now, and I wasn't going to say it, but since you bring it up, if it was a Browns quarterback or a Jets quarterback that went down in a heap in the second quarter, his uh, calf would have exploded inside his leg. <laughs> oh, and he would, he would miss the playoffs, and they would go out and play, and then he'd never be the same player. With the, you know, with the Packers gifted franchises like this, he's back in the second half, and they win the game. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to be uh, sour grapes, but it's true. No, that didn't sound sour grapes at all to me. <laughs> well, they're going to they're gonna be a playoff bye, and Rodgers with these seasons, now that he's starting to stack up, I mean, we're talking about old Packers quarterbacks. At some point, he's going to be stacking up a career that we can – Talk about him versus Favre. I mean, if this is his second MVP, oh, sure. second MVP award, I think he's played this year better than he ever played before, and he already has an MVP award. Ooh la la. We move on. So I said that the Packers have the number two seed, the number one seed, the Seattle Seahawks. Once again, the second year in a row, they are the top-seeded team in the NFC. Pete Carroll's team rallied back from a halftime deficit to lock up the NFC West title, the 26th victory over the St. Louis Rams. Uh, the Seahawks were down 6 nothing at the half in this game, but took care of business. Uh, now we're going to get on the phone. He is not with us in studio today, as we said earlier, but we do have him on the line from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, he's a man that's been in Cincinnati for several days now. I can imagine his liver is probably in great danger. Chris Wessling, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, boys. How are you? Very good. It's so good. Hearing his voice proves that he's alive. 
Yeah, I'm doing well. All right, very good. It's great to hear you, Wes. So the Seahawks down 6 nothing. They come back and win the game. Is there any reason to think, though, that they could be vulnerable at Century Link in the playoffs? Well, I don't think so. I don't think they're invincible, but I wouldn't use the word vulnerable. Their defense, I think, is better than it was at any point last year when they won the Super Bowl. The offense had two turnovers and a failed fourth down today, which made the game seem a lot closer than it really was for most of the first half. Uh, but they were clearly the better team, and that, and that game should have been a blowout today. But it was 6 nothing at the halftime. What about their progress on offense recently didn't show up? I mean, I, that stunned me just because the Rams looked like a dead team last week getting trounced by the Giants, and then they go, and it's a tie game here in the fourth quarter. Well, like I said, it was the two turnovers and the, and the failed fourth down. That's what made it seem like it. The Seahawks hit three or four times as many yards, I think, as the Rams at halftime, and they were just down six to nothing because they turned the ball over. So to me, those were a couple of fluke plays, and they got back on track in the second half and pretty much dominated the game. Uh, Wesley, I see Lynch had 11 or 14 carries, and then they had Turbin with 11. What was going on there? Why the committee situation? I have no idea. I didn't hear an explanation. They just decided to kind of rotate the two backs throughout the game. This whole Lynch thing's bizarre. Like, he starts, he misses the first quarter every other game, it seems. Now they're splitting carries with Turbin. He did have a lost fumble today. Maybe that was a factor in it. But it's just, it's such a strange thing because he's playing great, and yet there's always this little extra stuff. Are they resting him, though? I mean, that would make some sense. Maybe. I really, I really have no idea. There was, I, mean, I was going back and forth between two games, and I didn't hear any mention of it. I would assume Tarvin was playing well, so maybe that factored into it. Wes, we're burying the lead, by the way, though, that the St. Louis Rams didn't finish seven and nine. They finished six and ten. Was that a mistake in <laughs> you know bookkeeping or something? How did this happen? Well, did they go eight and eight last year? Maybe they had to kind of swing that. Balance. Yeah, that seven eight win plateau that they love to hit. They didn't get there this year. What does it mean? <laughs> I, well, their quarterback was out all year, so maybe no, if Sam Bradford true. was in there, they would have got seven. <laughs> Very Wes, true. what kind of setup do you have there in Cincinnati that you're working with? I am at my brother's house in a part of town called Cheviot. Okay. I mean, are you, like, in a basement by yourself? What, you know, are people all drinking and partying around you? What's <laughs> happening? There's no drinking going on today. Uh, everyone is recovering from the previous four or five days. Wow, that's an upset. Wait, Wesleyan, I downstairs I put the over under at beers drank by Wesleyan at eighty. <laughs> You've been there since Tuesday, so I think that's actually that's fair, that's maybe even conservative. People over think under we're joking. We're where not. does that land? Where do we land with that? I haven't counted them, but I don't I don't think it's eighty. I will say this. Does that for, mean it's far more than 80? <laughs> for, for any of our younger listeners, you know, the key when it comes to ingesting alcohol is to drink responsibly. And sure, sure, inside a house, somewhere safe. You know, you said Wesley, that could count all, all seven brothers. Mm. There are a lot of The well, Wesley brothers are single-handedly keeping the American beer industry afloat. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. DeMarco Murray and Des Bryant each broke single-season franchise records, leading the Dallas Cowboys to a 44-17 victory over the Washington Redskins on Sunday. The Cowboys finish the season at 12-4 and and will host the Detroit Lions next weekend at Jury World. Wes, bring you back in. The Cowboys proved this all wrong this season. You buying in on the boys as an NFC contender? Well, I buy in that they could beat the Lions in the first round, but after that, We'll see what happens if they go to Green Bay or, or Seattle. I don't think they're going into either one of those places and winning. I um, I don't like what I'm seeing from DeMarco Murray. He mm. had 100 yards today. Um, looked okay, but he's not explosive. A lot of it was because the Redskins were so bad at tackling today. Um, I, I don't think he's the today, tackle breaker. Today, they're terrible at tackling every week. <laughs> they were even worse today. Watch his touchdown run. Mm. It looked like they didn't even try. Um I just don't think he's a tackle breaker that he was earlier in the year, and it looks like those carries are kind of taking their toll on his body. I'm Why? kind of surprised for you to give up on the Lions so quickly because that's kind of been your team. You did a very nice preseason call of them as a playoff team, and you got that right. I'm I'm a well, little surprised you're just assuming they're going to lose to Dallas. Well, they'll be the underdog, um, and I think that's probably right, but I also think they could certainly go in there and beat them It just – to me, I don't know. I saw I had the Packers game on in the background today, and and how many passes Stafford missed, uh, and that's been a trend for him all year. So if he if he's not making passes, it's going to be hard to back him. 
but they, I think overall they have a more talented team than the, than the Cowboys. And what about Tony Romo? I was seeing a lot of tweets out there that people were surprised that he was in this game for so long. He ended up throwing 34 passes, uh, played very well again, and obviously one of the best, if not the best, statistical season of his career. Why was he in for so long? I think um, Jason Garrett had a different plan than every analyst and uh, tweeter in America today. <laughs> there was some kind of outrage about him playing his starters, and he was clearly playing to win the game. Uh, I, I would have thought they would have taken Murray out when they got, when they jumped out to a 27-7 to lead, but they kept him in, and then the Redskins had a couple of plays to get back in the game, and at that point it was probably too late to take them out. Well, you know, Robert Griffin, he goes in, he throws 336 yards, touchdown and two picks. I mean, they go into the offseason. I don't know, there's a, a lot of reasons before, a couple weeks ago to think he might not even be back with Washington next season. You've watched him play a couple weeks in a row. What's your take? I would not pay attention to the box score at all today. I thought he was terrible. Um, wow. He threw two red zone interceptions on back-to-back series, uh, lost a fumble, was had a strip sack fumble that went for a touchdown deep in his own territory, and his two longest plays of the game came on play action, mm. passes behind the line of scrimmage that Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Grosson did most of the work on. Mm. Wow. So I think the box score is incredibly misleading for him. Wow, the qu- as, and there was a, it has been all year, really. There's a quote after the game, Jay Gruden, when asked about Griffin, and the quote was, "A lot has to change." Ooh. I immediately saved that one for the morning <laughs> people because that's that's a good so post. That's a good post there, and I do want to give Jason Garrett credit. He, this is the opposite of kind of the old Jason Garrett. I like the fact that they played to win this game. It doesn't make sense. Murray's out there for so long, but. We're going to kill a Cowboys team for stomping on a team on the road, taking care of business. And for a few minutes Sunday afternoon, it looked like the Cowboys were going to get a bye. you got to take a chance and try to get that bye. Yeah, and that the, the final score isn't really reflective. I mean, the Cowboys were in control all game, but at one point I believe it was 27-20, to 20, and then the RG3 fumble happened, and another, uh, I think Dunbar had a long run. So it was, it was kind of uh, piling on at the end there, but – you know, you can't argue with the Cowboys winning four games in a row and blowing teams out entering the playoffs. Uh. Like you said, there's, there's the momentum you want. All right, so the Cowboys are going into the playoffs. One team that is not going to the playoffs is the Niners, who sent Jim Harbaugh out a winner on Sunday, a 2017 victory over the Cardinals at the Jeans Youth Hostel in San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, the Niners then announced, announced shortly after the game that the team had, quote, mutually parted ways with Harbaugh, who, of course, took the Niners to three NFC title games and one Super Bowl in his four years. So a huge move by the organization, one that we all saw coming for months, but finally official. Wes, have the Niners, to use a, a Job phrase from Arrested Development, will the Niners one day look back at this and say, I've made a huge mistake? They're sending Jim Harbaugh back to whence he came. Mm. <laughs> Uh, college football, I guess. But, um, yeah, I think they have. He has more wins in, four, in, I think, four years than they had the previous eight years. He's got 49 so. of them. He made a point to to point that out in his post-game press conference. He thought it was fitting. He's going out 49 wins. Well, I don't think he's blameless in any of this. I, I mean, obviously he wears out his welcome pretty easily. So he can't. he's not blameless, and I don't know, I guess, Trent Baalke is the power struggle, and I doubt that the owner was really behind Jim Harbaugh for the for the last nine months. So there's there's a lot going on behind the scenes, but yeah, I think that the next coach they have will probably have a lot less success than than Jim Harbaugh. If this was Frank Gore's last game as a 49er, really these last two, I know they ended up losing the Chargers game, but he had a monster performance. For him to put up 144 yards in his last game in San Francisco and run out the clock on the end and help deliver. A victory for the around the NFL crew. We've had a year-long competition against our feature departments and picks, and this 49ers win clinched it for and, us. And it is, a Greg, a very uh, Greg-like move to get behind the inconvenient truth at a time when you know most people are going to put the focus on Harbaugh. you got to get the inconvenient truth. <laughs> well, whatever. And, it was his last game, maybe. He's one of the said, best players Harbaugh ever. Harbaugh said after the game in his presser where he was very reflective, he said Frank Gore is going to be playing football somewhere next year and you know, lauded how great he played. How how funny was that? The whole press conference was weird. When he left the press conference, they literally announced the move one minute later. So they were waiting till his press conference ended. Then they announced the move. He quoted Dirty Dancing. Yeah, I've had the time of my life. <laughs> and he's like, it's like that song. And he's got a smile on his face. What a weird... It's, very, it's, <laughs> very, very strange it's a guy. perfect way for him to go out because that... 
he his press conferences were stuff of legend and <laughs> i guess if he's going to michigan or wherever that's uh you know uh, he's going to do well there too and it only sets up by the way harbaugh he's going to he won like crazy at the NFL level. He's going to go to Michigan. I'm sure their program will get better with him there. And then another four or five years from now, he will be a guy that gets paid more than any coach in the history of the NFL <laughs> with some sad sack franchise. I'll guess it will be the Dolphins pays him all the money in the world to bring him back to the National I'm Football I'm surprised League. that he's going to college football. I know the money is, is massive. And so As we tape this, we don't know it officially, but well, it sure looks that way. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think that there's something about him in the NFL that clicked. And I, I, I thought all along he would wind up with another NFL team. Sometimes it's about the money, and Rappaport, yeah. you know, reports is more than eight million dollars a year, which is insane money. It's more than any guap. NFL coach is making, except for maybe Bill Belichick, which we don't know. Before we move on, we know the Cardinals are going to Carolina. Chris, do you have any Cardinals Ryan Lindley as the starter thoughts going into the playoffs? Ow! Go for it. it it's, it's hard to kind of take apart his game and feel like the Cardinals have a chance to go in to win. I mean, he had his best two drives of his career to open the game and then to close out the first half, the two touchdown drives. And then he threw three interceptions and had one more that was in and out of the hands of a defensive back with no wide receiver within five yards of him. So it should have been at least four interceptions. Mm. Had happy feet, stared down his receivers. Still looked like Ryan Lindley, but uh, I guess a little bit of progress. And I still think, you know, it's going to be funny to see a team with four more wins than their opponent go in and be an underdog on the road in the playoffs. It's annoying. They should change the rules, and you should be able to host well, the game. Well, this might help that to happen. Yeah. And, and if the Cardinals were going to be a playoff factor this year with their backup quarterbacks, they needed to be with defense. And they gave up almost 600 yards last week, and they gave up almost 400 yards here to a lousy 49ers offense. So they're not really playing well at anything. Wes, we're going to bring you back in a little bit to talk a little J.J. Watt and the MVP race, all right? Okay. So the Cardinals lose, and they are not. They are going to the postseason. And the Carolina Panthers are also going. That will be the opponent of the Panthers, who won the NFC South with a convincing 34-3 victory over the Falcons at the Georgia Dome. It's hard to walk into the Georgia Dome and win, but no, they did it. The Panthers did it. They <laughs> finished 7-8-1, uh, four-game winning streak. They'll host the Cardinals next week. Greg, the Panthers run the historically inept NFC South. It was Ron Rivera's dream game. He won a game by 31 points in which his leading receiver caught one pass for 28 yards. Mm. I mean, that's Ron Rivera. He mm. just wants to run the ball, and they did it for 194 yards, and they found an identity over this last four weeks with the run game with Jonathan Stewart, with Cam Newton as a big part of the run game, and a pass rush that they didn't have early in the year, mostly Charles Johnson, uh, but Star Lotelele had a big day today. Coney Ely's popping up a little bit here and there, and and they've looked like a team that is kind of playoff ready. I don't like this matchup for Arizona also because of the way Carolina's secondary is playing. I thought they did a very good job against Cleveland last week. Hmm. And then today they held Julio Jones to 58 yards. Well, I think it starts with the pass rush. Matt Ryan had a terrible game. He threw two pick sixes. He averaged in the Gabbert zone 5.5. But it was because he was forcing passes while under pressure. Roman Har- When Roman Harper is returning the ball for a pick six with his gray hair, you know, you got problems. But first of all, you know, it's okay to have some gray hair. Second of all, <laughs> last week you said that it was Matt Ryan's division, NFC South. You said he took it from Drew Brees. But how about Cam Newton sticking it in Rosenthal's face saying, take this pipe and smoke it. Through for maybe, 114 yards. <laughs> no, maybe I'm the best quarterback. He, he was Quarterback of the back-to-back NFC South champions, and that's never happened. No one's ever gone back-to-back to run the South. It is Cam Newton's division. I uh, I think <laughs> Matt, my best. I thought Matt Ryan had a better year overall, but there's no doubt who is the bigger difference maker over the last month. I mean, Newton missed that game. Derek Anderson kept it moving, but you saw it in the Browns game. Oh, he looked great. That, that this guy just got in a car accident. He, that's the amazing thing. Four wins in a you row. You want a narrative. In the middle of this thing, his car tumbles three times over an intersection, and he's back a couple weeks later, and he's winning games in the playoffs. The, the box score shows six rushes for 51 yards and a touchdown, which looks good, but it's not insane. But those were such big plays in this game, and so many of them looked like they were going to be a sack to set up either third and 25 or just to punt it, and instead he gets out and ends up running for 15 yards. That that was the big difference in this game. I saw that last week, too, where he was, A, converting third downs with his feet, and 
you know, a lot of the times with running quarterbacks, it's, oh, they take off at the wrong times. That's what they trust more. But not with Newton recently. It looks like he's making good decisions when to run and killed Cleveland last week. Obviously did a nice job today and as well. For, for the record, and I don't know if I'm going out on a limb on this, but I, I would be shocked if the Panthers lose next week mm. to the Cardinals who, you know, they don't have a quarterback and they're just too, too many losses there. Playing in Charlotte, I think the Panthers are going to – win convincingly and advance mm. to the divisional playoffs. I'm very We've got all week to talk about that. We do, we do. Twelve quarterback hits in this game and six sacks for the Panthers. That was impressive. I don't I don't totally rule Bruce Arians. Nobody can believe in us out, but you're right. They look they look like the better team. It's I mean, not we like we can believe in them, but we're just we shouldn't. Right. Well you're not gonna deal with Atlanta's offensive line next week. Not that Arizona's is a whole lot better but. And and we're probably not gonna deal, we should say, with Mike Smith next year as an NFL head coach. He seems like a great guy, but this was the opposite of everything he preached in the preseason, which was running and toughness. All they can do is throw the ball a little bit, and I think by the time a lot of people listen to this, he won't be the coach How about the Falcons and Jets very conveniently switch head coaches? I see Rex Ryan going to Atlanta, reforming (laughs) that team, (laughs) and then the Jets get Mike Smith. Ooh, I like that. He brings an era of calm to the Jets. Calm, boring. You go to hell, both of you. What, you don't want want Mike Smith? Rex, uh, as I said on the last show, Rex needs to go somewhere where there's an established quarterback. Matt Ryan is the guy, but I don't want him playing in that mausoleum. A lot of people feel like Atlanta is a very – Good pick, good selection for Rex. That, that could happen. There's good jobs available this year. I mean, San Francisco is an incredible job, and Atlanta's a really good job, I think, just because of Matt Ryan and, and Julio sure. Jones. All right. So we move on. The Eagles will not be one of the teams in the postseason this year, but they closed out their season with a 34-26 win over the Giants at the Meadowlands. The Eagles survived another monster day from Odell Beckham Jr., and avoided the dreaded 9-3 to 9-7 fade. I don't think we need to get too far into this game. we got a lot of games to get to uh, uh, of more consequence, but I guess uh, just a little postmortem for the Eagles and the Giants, gentlemen. I think Philly, I mean, if you're Chip Kelly, you've got to think about two years in a row, underwhelming quarterbacks have been able to work this offense to some degree, but... The Eagles passed up on a quarterback in the draft last year. Now it looks it look we look ridiculous, but they passed up on Manziel. Now that looks smart at this point. But a, a couple of <laughs> yes. other but a couple of other quarterbacks too they could have had. And so, do you go into next season? They're in the quarterback market. I think they have to be. They have to. Whether it's free agency or the draft, you have but to be free adding. Free agency offers nothing, so it's got to be the draft. That's and, fair. And what about the Giants? Uh, is Tom Coughlin back? Yes or no, Mark? Uh, Greg. Yes, I expect it. Ian Rappaport reported it was looking that way. They had 500 yards of offense again this week, uh, this time against Philly. Last week it was against the Rams. The offense was humming at the end of the season. They weren't efficient in this game, so they ended up losing. But I think you got to stick with what's working. You don't want Eli to start all over. I think Coughlin will be back. They'll probably get maybe a new defensive coordinator, get rid of Perry Fuel. By the way, this offense was very good this year. Uh you know, with Eli Manning having the best statistical season perhaps of his career, and next year you get Victor Cruz back. Hopefully he comes back like Victor Cruz of old, and you got, uh, you know, Odell Beckham was, I think, 11 for 185 in a touch today. If I'm Ben it's McAdoo. Insane. It's insane the run Beckham's been I, on. I, yeah. If I'm Ben McAdoo, I buy Odell Beckham like a horse-drawn carriage that leads to a brick-and-mortar <laughs> mansion somewhere in upstate New York that he can just spend his offseason in. He saved his job. <laughs> I like that. All right, so the you know the Giants and Eagles, they're sad teams, but no one's sadder than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who blew a 14-point second-half lead, lost 23-20 to the New Orleans Saints. The Bucks do get a nice consolation prize, however, in the form of the number one overall pick in the 2015 NFL Draft. Uh, gentlemen, we have to assume that top pick will be spent on a quarterback, right? Josh McCown and Mike Lennon, the NFL's worst dancer. They are I, not the answer. I get it comes down to if there's a quarterback that people really – all we're hearing, and we, we don't know anything about the college players for the most part well, at this point. Well, you know, speak for yourself. Well, Dan, you last watched a college game in 1997, <laughs> I believe. But, Notre Dame, Florida but State, But honestly, 91. like, I'm not sure there is a number one pick quarterback No, there. we don't know anything now, and it's not just us. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah, as much as he knows, doesn't know who the number one pick is. We're not even sure who – Bucky Brooks told us be, in this very studio that everyone's excited about Marcus Mariota being the, the guy God, maybe yeah. he's not a guy that you should necessarily count on as being a real NFL player. But what a way to lose this game. They, it was a, what was it, 16 nothing in the Greg fourth is, quarter? Greg is the one six. person that watched this game. No, I didn't. I didn't watch it. Six. Dan actually did. But I'm just saying they were up 
two scores going into the fourth quarter, and they were going to lose that number one pick to Tennessee. Who knows who that one pick will be? But maybe that'll change the fortunes of the Bucks. the fact that Josh McCown couldn't get it done against this lousy Saints And team. Josh McCown stinks. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. On the other side of the ball, I'm curious. You know, the, I feel like that was a shot at West, but he's not, not here to spend it. No, I don't want to take shots at West, but I just never bought in on McCown. But I will say this, the Saints shut out the Bucks in the second half. I know not a big big achievement, but Rob Ryan all pumped up on the sidelines at the end of the game, so maybe that's where you can make a case. Hey, keep me for a third year. Do you think Rob Ryan gets a shot to, again, uh, you know, revitalize his career after a terrible sophomore season in New Orleans? I do. I think he'll be back. You know, Kenny Vaccaro, who might not be the greatest source in the world, which is weird, said Rob Ryan will be back last week. Uh, I do. I think Sean Payton and him get along and they want to turn it around, but this is a team we, we've mentioned here to just kind of keep an eye on. I don't know we if they'll We do be... think they get along? I think so. I think, I mean, they, ye- they yell at each other on the sidelines, but I think there's a lot of respect there. I think compared to Spagnolo, for instance, who was there and some other defensive coordinators, you know, I think it depends on, on who becomes available because the bottom line, whether or not you, you buy into Rob Bryant, like statistically, his defenses have never really been good outside of two seasons. Mm. It's true. It does feel a little odd, though, that it, after such a disappointing season, and this is, this is a dread, this is a Super Bowl contender, a lot of people thought that now there would be no changes after a season this bad for the Saints. Usually but, it's a coordinator that has to bite right. the dust to pay, hmm. to pay the price, right? That's a good point. Something could happen. Maybe we'll the GM, happens. Mickey Loomis. The Denver. Let's move to the AFC. The Denver Broncos locked up the number two seed in the conference with a 47-14 pasting of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Mark Sessler, Peyton Manning didn't throw a touchdown pass in this game, but 47 points tells us there should be no panic about this offense as we head to January. He didn't need to. He didn't need to have one of those games where he's, you know, ripping the defense through the air. I mean, he, he threw for 273 yards. He looked sharper, obviously, than he did to me on Monday night. This was the the conditions were different. This was his kind of game. Oakland's defense, you know, Khalil Mack was not healthy. I think he's been dealing with that hamstring and it really came down to Denver just getting an early lead and just nursing it. I mean, this, this is the Oakland Raiders. What do you want me to tell you? By the way, too many, although Tony Sperano buried the balls, uh, some nice wins in the back half of the season or the in the 12 games he coached, but too many of these losses, I would think, for him to be considered on any level to uh, to get the interim tag r- removed. This was probably his last coaching uh, hurrah in Oakland, at least. That was something that, that I thought, too, watching this game because there's been, with their offense especially, you've got a game like last week where Carr and – the whole thing, the attack looks good, and they, you think there's there's promise. But then the next week they go out, and they had something like the six of their like six of the first eight drives had a negative yardage. Mm. I mean, it's like they completely melt down when they deal with the better team. So they've got to get someone in there that can get more talent, protect Carr better, and just build that team around them. New GM I like Carr help too, but I don't think that's happening. When we all expected it would have been a stunner if the Broncos some of losses, but it is big for them because they're banged up at linebacker and other positions to get healthy, get that by, get a home game in the divisional round, hope that the Patriots lose in who knows, and then you could get a home game most likely. They're more likely to go to Foxborough for the AFC Championship. They do get Ronnie Hillman back here today, at least getting a lot of carries. Wouldn't surprise me if he's a big factor in the playoffs. And how about Demarius Thomas? I like him going over 1,600 yards this year. Franchise record. Big year. Uh, By the way, I still resent anybody that picked up C.J. Anderson on waivers in fantasy. Nine touchdowns in six games. (laughs) Three today. You're all garbage. That seems harsh. Let's move on. The Baltimore Ravens locked up the sixth seed in the AFC playoffs with a 2010 win over the skidding Cleveland Browns. Uh, Mark, Joe Flacco and the Ravens offense has struggled in December. Do we believe the light will turn on in January? We know what happened last time Joe Flacco played in the playoffs. It's weird because I don't see one thing about Baltimore that tells me why they've completely fallen apart on offense the last few. Today, today it looks like you look at the score and you look at the fourth quarter and maybe they bounce back. But you're right and left tackle are injured and they're not playing. I think that, that's one thing <laughs> that really today Cleveland put a lot of pressure on Flacco. And I think that seven of the first eight drives ended in a punt or one of them was they, tr- they went for it on fourth down in the red zone and didn't get it. So Cleveland did a very nice job defensively secondary shut down Baltimore's receivers. Then Flacco, you know, they just got hot at the end. They, they got hot, and they, and they started to make some big plays down the stretch. But really, I, I would be concerned about the Ravens in general. I don't think – I think they're one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they, they got 
blasted by Houston. That was a bloodbath, how dominant the defense of the Texans was in a big game for Baltimore last week. They don't have the two tackles, and they're losing 10-6 midway through the fourth quarter to Connor Shaw. you got to give him credit for winning the game that you got to win, but... It's not a good sign. Well, this is a run-based offense, number one. I mean, I think that's what they want to be, and they can't do – they haven't been able to do that when you've got your left and right tackle not in the game. I know people don't – you know, it's, oh, what's happened to the wide receiver and the right. It's like, well, no, they fundamentally have, like, two far vastly less interesting players in there at those positions. They do get back uh, what I think was a first-team All-Pro this year in Haloti Nada for the playoffs. So that's a nice little – it's a nice little addition to the team, yeah. you know? You Damage, get one of your best players back. Defense hasn't been their problem, though, at least not today. Damashek floated Nada as a Jenga piece, his theory that every team has a player that they cannot live without. Uh, they have not been the same team with him out of the out of the lineup, but maybe that's not the main reason. Uh, Mark, let's talk about the Browns a little bit because— Let's not. And I know, I know. <laughs> I, said this, I said this downstairs that uh, they're sitting at 7-4, and four, uh, and it seemed like no matter what would happen, even if they didn't make the playoffs, this would be seen as a season of growth for the organization. And perhaps it is in terms of stability at, uh, up top. But at the same time, this could not have ended worse. With so the five-game losing streak, Manziel goes, gets in, plays terribly, then gets hurt. Then he has some more off-the-field issues, missing, uh, 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 what was it, a, some type of treatment session right. and got uh, a fine for that. Had a house party, basically. And then had a house party that apparently Josh Gordon maybe went to, and that led to him missing a walkthrough that got him suspended. Justin mm. Gilbert is hated by every player on the roster. He's a first-round pick. So, I mean, the, what's transpired <laughs> over the last five weeks is an absolute nightmare that really puts into, puts into concern what this franchise is going to do in the offseason. Oh, my yeah. God! We have sadness! Uh, that's, that was... Again, TV. predictable. If you had had a house party drop somehow in there, little oh. kid in play action, that would have been something. Way to be prepared, TD. <laughs> I know you're going that route, but I did think about that, though. That was weird in House Party 3, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. When out of nowhere, kid who was only famous for his big high top showed up with dreads, or he got dreads as part of a – or am I thinking of a class act? Maybe it was this, class act, actually. Wow. A pivotal moment your in knowledge cinema. Of it, your knowledge is much more than I anticipated. Yeah, class act is, is a, a terrible movie. But anyway, uh, what were we talking about? The Browns, they're an embarrassment. Go I on, I just Mark. look at It's so weird because <laughs> I'll never forget I went over to watch that that lashing of the Bengals when they went 6-3 and three after that and sat alone atop the AFC North. I thought the same thing. At worst, they go 9-7, and seven, and there's a lot of you know reasons for hope, and they maybe even have two quarterbacks, not one. And now you find out, basically after this week, they had the same questions they did last offseason, which is, what's up with Josh Gordon in the future of our team? Do we have anything at quarterback? Do we need to start over there? Hmm. You know, there's basically, what's the situation with our front office? Can they pick players? There's so much. They're, they're going to keep Pettin, and they're going to keep Ray Farmer. That's the difference. I think you know you have a coach and a you have coordinator a that you like, yeah. an offensive coordinator. That's... Those are two big things. A lot of people, I understand the circus route with Cleveland, that all these players are going crazy. And the, the thing is, anyone that's been watching Cleveland since 1999, that's not unusual. This has been happening <laughs> a lot. But none of those players have been held accountable. But isn't, isn't that the biggest disappointment, though, that we're even talking about this after week it 17? It is, but I like Petten at least saying, you know what, if you're not going to respect your teammates and be all in for your team, you're not going to play. And 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 you know, and some can say is Petten's culture one of the reasons this is happening? I don't know. Haslam, we'll find out. Haslam made some strong statements saying it doesn't matter what round you were drafted, you know, we'll get rid of guys essentially, I'm paraphrasing, you know, if they don't turn it around. I mean, the problem is Gilbert and Manziel are two prominent guys featured here. They're the first-round picks. Manziel is supposedly the future quarterback. And Josh Gordon's the best player on the team other than Joe Thomas. Yeah, you, you and can't he's just... And he was suspended for the game. Right. So I don't even know if he's going to be back on the team. I sort of expect that they're just going to give up on Josh Gordon. And one last thing. You can't just give up on Josh Gordon and have him wind up on the Bengals next season, though. It won't be like the Bengals, but it'll be some NFC a, team or something. Well, you can't control that. I mean, you got... Uh, you just can't control it, and he's not—he's not helping the team. You've said it yourself, Mark. This offense was fine; they weren't like gangbusters, but they were fine until Gordon showed up, which is ironic. Mm. And they went in the tank. Yeah, and they also made a quarterback switch to someone that's not prepared to play the position. Well, you said you thought Connor Shaw looked better than Johnny Manziel. Oh, I mean, think anyone that watched the game would say. I mean, he was—he was serviceable. He looked comfortable. That's not he looked good. prepared. I thought the worst first round of the last ten years was the Browns in 2012. 
with Whedon and Richardson. They might have doubled down. They oh, might have beat well, it. Well, we it's early. They might have beat it. It is early, here. but it is early. Oh, but I would say Greg. that after one no, year, right, right. one down thing, here. Greg, this after one be. year when it was Whedon and Richardson, there was a lot of reason to think that Richardson was a very promising player. That's you can't true. look at Gilbert major, or Manziel right now and major say Major figures on this Browns team have went after Justin Gilbert in the press, which only lets you know that something bad is going on behind the scenes with that guy. Manziel seems like a train wreck and so far. Do we far. believe in wake-up <laughs> calls for in these situations? That doesn't often happen. I give Gilbert a better chance just because he plays cornerback than, sure. than Manziel, but either way, it's not good. All right, let's move on. Justin Houston recorded four sacks, falling one half sack short of the sham NFL record held by Michael Strahan, mm. leaving the Chiefs hot take, <laughs> uh, scorching take, to a 19-7 win over the Chargers. It was a win-and-in scenario for the team of around the NFL but, Greg, the Chargers just had too many injuries to pull off another unlikely win. Didn't well, they? let's stop calling them the team of ATL. We, we chose them, and they were official, but they were never in our hearts. We picked mm-hmm. totally against them against San Francisco. I thought Phillip Rivers had an amazing singular performance to come back in that game. But what the team showed up today is the team that they were, a mediocre team that had no one on offense that was going to die in the playoffs. Super Chargers. San Diego Superchargers. Sorry to talk over you. But no, I'm it's just okay. Emotions. I just, well, I'm having a hard time collecting myself. I'm yeah. sure the listeners are feeling the same way after that kind of performance. Oh, you never were on board with this team to begin with, Greg. I, I liked them. I liked them early in the year, but it just I thought it became clear that they were a team on defense that was just didn't really have an identity. Not a good enough pass rush. Kansas City. They're not that good, but at least you knew what they were here. I mean, Justin Houston, Tom Bali, they were getting after Phillip Rivers today. That was the difference, and it shouldn't have been 19-7. I thought Andy Reid coached a terrible game. If he didn't let Chase Daniel throw so much in key situations, especially in the red zone, I think it would have been a blowout because they looked far better. And if J.J. Watt didn't have a transformative season and was just blowing everyone away and, and placing himself among the legends, Justin Houston is the defensive player of the year. But he just Houston, bad timing to have such a magical season. It's weird. It's like gone completely under the radar mm. what he's done from a sack count perspective. In any other season, it would have been something That's we'd write point. about every week. That's a good point. He had about five plays at the end of the game where he could have tried to where he could have broken the record. One of them, he got close to Rivers, and Wes has pointed out often that Houston's really good at run defense too, so he's one of the best defensive players in the league. At least they have something there to build off of. Felt like they maxed out of their talent though, which is not good when you go nine and seven. It's like I don't think this Chiefs team could have done any better than this. If I'm a Chiefs fan, I just I want to see something different on offense next season. I'm not say blow up the machine, but you cannot you cannot expect to go back to the playoffs with a scenario where you don't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver all season. This is not Pop Warner. That is an absolute <laughs> outrage. I think Albert get, Wilson's okay. Did they, not, they never got a touchdown from a wide receiver. No, Bo, they almost did Bo <laughs> came half a yard short, fumbled oh, it, and Kelsey. Sad. It's he knew what like he was he, doing. It's almost like he, he tried to do it there. By the way, remember I uh, made a, a somewhat you know joking making the leap case for Chase Daniel back last season? Oh, yeah. Well, he did it. One year later, he piloted them to a key victory. I'm not sure. A key victory here today. That's a stretch, Greg. (laughs) Pretty bad, though, when a little grim for the Chiefs when there's – Alex Smith goes out with a lacerated spleen, and then Chase Daniels comes in, and you don't miss a beat. I don't think there was a huge downgrade with the way that he's used a quarterback. There were some quotes before the game from the Chargers. They're like, oh, we don't think it's that big a difference between Daniel and Smith and – I think that's somewhat true. I mean, Smith is better, I think, over time, but it's not. Well, it didn't look like that big a difference. For someone with the last name Daniel, Dan, it's mm-hmm. it's Chase Daniel, not Daniels. We really dislike it when people add an S on the back end. Hey, listen, I am a we Daniel. We dislike it? Who's we? I'm well, plugged I'm, in on the uh, Daniel scene myself. Daniel. Oh, well, that would make sense. <laughs> if, I, if I did that, that was an error, but don't say I'm an outsider in the Daniel game because I'm in. Okay. You're Saint Same. Daniel, by the way. So, you know, you're Saint looking Daniel. down you're, on everyone. You're a faux okay? Daniel, by the way. Saint Matthew Daniel. Don't, well, it still ends with You're Daniel. not an honorary member. How many different Saint names Daniel. do you have? Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> you're mysterious. You name yourself after a touchdown, and then you, your last name begins with Saint. I think we're starting to see some sort of unified theme here. <laughs> the big takeaway, TD, potential fraud. Let's move on, guys. I just okay. don't know where to go with this. All right, so the Chargers aren't going into the playoffs. Neither are the Houston Texans. However, J.J. Watt bolstered his MVP argument with three sacks, including a fourth-quarter safety that helped lift the Texans to a 23-17 win over the Jaguars. 
Watt finishes the season with 20 sacks, becoming the first player in NFL history to do that twice since that stat became official in 1982. It's time to bring back Chris Wessling on the phone. Uh, Wes, what else does Justin James Watt have to do to win an MVP award? Positions. <laughs> I know. I know. Greg is is driving this train, the JJ Watt for MVP train, and I won't have any problem if he wins it. But to me, Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL, and clearly the most valuable to his team. Do you think the Texans would have won today if it wasn't for Watt? I didn't watch the game. Uh, yeah, I, I think they probably would have, but it would have been close. I mean, it could have gone either way if he didn't play. They were in control most of the game. Bortles came back and scored late. Uh, but the Jaguars' offense was pretty useless all day. They had one pick six on Case Keenum that was that was a big part of that game. Nine and seven they go. And this is not a – a lot of people are saying the same thing. But it is absolutely true. This is a 3-13, and 4-12 team that happens to have the best defensive player potentially since Lawrence Taylor. And they're 9-7 and seven and they missed the playoffs. But – you know, if I'm a Texans fan, I feel great because I have a once-in-a-generation superstar just hitting his prime. I just need to locate that quarterback, and we're going to be okay. This Texans team reminds me a little bit. That's a good point about Watt. They remind me a little bit of the Dolphins team when Pennington came there and won Comeback Player of the Year, and they had the easiest schedule we had ever seen in 111 games, and people thought they would be good the next year. Yep. The Texans have one of the easiest schedules this year that we've seen in a long time. And it, don't be surprised if they take a step back next year. I, That's I, what I would say. Yeah, I agree with the schedule. I do think they played their best at the end because the defense, other than Watt, was very generic most of the season. And they made the Ravens last week look like an amateur hour. I mean, that was a bloodbath. They have Bortles go 14 for 33 today. They were playing pretty good. They would have been more dangerous, I think, in the playoffs than the, than the Ravens are. Maybe Romeo Cornell needs to get some consideration for that assistant coach of the year award. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, well it's we, not Gary Kubiak Is that anymore. a real award? They give that to people? That's that a new this year. First, year, first year. year. We've mentioned wow. it probably 17 times. I know. I always thought you guys were just joking. No, it's, no real. it's real. <laughs> is it? Do they actually make it? Is it like a made out of metal? It's going to be like something parts? they give at honors, I think, yeah. Jeez. I'm not sure it's, it's real gold. It's not real write. gold. It's probably like stainless steel or something. Just another byline that has to be cranked out in Super Bowl week. <laughs> Wesley, one question for you. Like, don't you feel I – mean, I look at this season by Watt, and I understand – who's going to argue with Rodgers getting MVP? He is an MVP-level quarterback, and his season has been pristine. But the award feels like a sham to me because – if you Well, no, because it's going to go to a quarterback year after year almost – and we're not. We could go twenty, thirty more years without seeing a season like this by a defensive player. Well, I mean, if you're asking me, I don't think it's a sham. I think, I mean, I don't know what you want Aaron Rodgers to do. I just feel like, in a way, it's a, it, the award itself is basically just outside of a few outliers, best quarterback of the year. Well, that's the way the game is played. I mean, that's mm-hmm. Vince Lombardi has a quote saying he would tell his cronies that football is the perfect team sport, except for the glaring imbalance of the quarterback position, and I, I don't know how you escape that. Sessler, you have the Defensive Player of the Year award for a reason. Sessler, why are you popping Aaron Rodgers of stones? Quit popping his stones. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You're popping his stones. The guy's that had sounds, an amazing year. That sounds rather ugly to me. i not discounting Aaron Rodgers. The point is, yes, there's no way to outdo what a quarterback's worth is to a team, especially Rodgers, and especially what we saw mm. today if you want narrative and everything else. It's just that – I think we could go decades and not see a season like this from Watt unless it's Watt doing it again next season. That's true. Yeah, I not think. <laughs> wow, I can't believe it took so long. Wow. TD, TD was doing all the work behind the glass. He's also doing our video content. Uh, if you check out NFL Now, we did our big three takeaways from Week 17, and, and he's really proud of himself. I am, and uh, I'm all in for J.J. Watt because I know what it's like doing it all by yourself today. You know, this is wow. <laughs> so you've been act. doing something. I've not been aware of that. <laughs> well, Wes, sorry uh, I didn't get you anything for Christmas, but I did let you watch Case Keenum start one last time because he's probably not starting in the NFL ever again. So that was it. And I had the flag flying high today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris Wessling, uh, continue to not be drinking beer. All right, we'll do. We'll see you soon. Let's move on to the New York. Jetropolitans, and likely what was Rex Ryan's last game as Jets coach. The Jets wiped out a 10-point deficit on the way to a 37-24 win over the Miami Dolphins at Sun Life Field. If Wes was here, I would ask him the name of the stadium, and then he would make a sarcastic comment about that. Uh, Ryan, (laughs) 
Ryan got the Gatorade bath from his players after putting the final touches on a 4-12 and nightmare season in Gotham, which, you know, it's a very Jets move. I'll just put it at that. But it also tells you how much these players genuinely love Rex Ryan. I'm going to miss this guy. Uh, and I'll ask you, and I'll ask you, Mark, is there any case that can be made why Ryan should stay? Yeah, because I'm not sure who you bring in as a head coach that's going to be, A, a better defensive coach, number one, or B, just a better kind of presence. I think Jets fans love Ryan for good reason. But at the same time, I, I think that from the ownership on down – well, Greg is smirking me, but I, I, I like Ryan, and I think that Ryan, if he, if he wanted to make a case to keep Ryan – He'd have to completely give over the offense, which in theory he's done, but to someone completely. Tried that. Maybe Mark Tressman. What this if you paired Mark Tressman with Rex Ryan? I mean, here's the thing, and you're right. Jets fans do love Rex because, uh, you know, he's such a charismatic guy. But I think Jets fans also get that it wouldn't be a bad idea to blow up the machine. This is four years in a row. Here's the thing, though. Who, like, who do you, right now, who do you see, who excites you as the potential next coach? Mark Arbo- Sessler. As a coach of the Jets? Yes. I could potentially cool. run I their video department or even be like fourth in charge That's of the video department. That's uh, how the man genius started. He's, gathered, he's burying balls. He was with the Browns organization. So I'd be Rose their coach like 25 years from now. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't had a winning season in four straight seasons here. I, I understand. And, and one of those two great seasons was a 9-7. and seven. I mean, Jets coach. He doesn't know anything about offensive. If he could play every game in Miami, he'd be Vince Lombardi. But that's not possible. Well, like maybe every he great, should be the Dolphins coach. Every though. great moment that Rex Ryan's ever had is in Miami. He either gets a contract extension, Gatorade bath. It's terrific. Here's the good news. John Edzik's out. There's no way we don't he's know coming that. back. Uh, you know, it sounds everything we're hearing, you know, we're hiring Charlie Casserly, Ron Wolf's involved. All this stuff is going on for a reason. Uh, and most likely Rex is going to be out too. So, the Jets, the Jets have. Here's a, let's talk about the game. By the way, I just got to say, Geno Smith. Nobody else did what Geno Smith today did today, which was have a perfect 158.3 passer rating. He played brilliant football. He had one bonehead fumble, but he was accurate. He had a beautiful deep ball. He had five passes of uh, 30 yards or more. He made Eric Decker look like he was playing with Peyton Manning again. Decker almost set the uh, single season uh, or single game record for the Jets. He had well over 200 yards and a touchdown. Geno Smith and Greg, you've been riding the Geno Smith uh, Ah. Geno coaster for some time now, about a month since. And this, and I, I don't like to throw the Glacier John Idzik too many compliments, but. Idzik was supposedly behind the decision to bench Bick and go back to Gino, and it turned out to be the right move because Gino kind of saved his season a little bit, and it all came uh, to a head in Week 17 where he played brilliantly. He actually did flash signs of being a Pro Bowl quarterback. But isn't Gino Smith a reason that a lot of candidates potentially would be scared to take this kind of a job? They don't have a quarterback, so that – is something to be scared of. But Geno Smith is an option, and I don't think he's a terrible option. I have been saying... Well, you I, would love it as a Patriots fan no, to have I Geno think, Smith I think he's command pl- the Jets I just think he's seasons. gotten dumped on more than necessary, and he's played fairly well over the last five weeks. If you just watch those five weeks in a vacuum since that first Dolphins loss, I think he's been solid. He's shown a lot of promise. When you watch him, he looks like a guy who might be a guy. And on the Dolphins' side, uh, just another terrible loss. And to me, it's so silly that Steven Ross uh, just basically said, welcome back, Steven... Uh, Welcome back, Joe Philbin. Be happy you're not a Dolphins fan. I know. It could be worse. I tweeted that, and then uh, Handsome Hank, notorious DOP, uh, tweeted back at me, watch what you say. I don't want to ruin our relationship. And I get that. but So you, British and so severe. I know. you gotta you got to feel for Dolphins fans who are stuck with Philbin. And then Mike Wallace might not be stuck with Mike Wallace for too much longer because he was benched for behavioral reasons. He had an attitude issue of some kind. Well, he pulled himself from the game. Yeah, according tell us to about NFL this, Mark. You wrote Jeff the post. Darlington. Well, initially it was, and it's probably not that much different that he was benched for attitude issues and that there was some reports that he got into a scuffle with a coach verbally. But then Jeff Darlington from NFL Media talked to a couple Dolphin sources that said that he basically, after Charles Clay scored a touchdown right before the half. Wallace walked off the field and told Philbin, I don't want to play anymore. It's Jeez. Shades of San Antonio Holmes, also in Miami, walking in off and, and getting, a, getting in, into it with his teammates. Very strange, and it makes me think Mike Wallace might not, won't be in Miami next hmm. year. Moving on. Teddy Bridgewater. Ooh, jaunty. I can't believe we're wasting the jaunty song on this game. Teddy Bridgewater threw a go-ahead 44-yard touchdown pass in the third quarter, guiding the Vikings to a 13-win over the Bears. Day Cutler's return to the lineup was uneventful as Chicago 
gears up for an offseason of great potential change. Do we have anything we want to add on this game? Gentlemen. I like that kind of well, what a way for Jay Cutler to keep that trade value nice and low. Very. I read something that the Bears would actually have to maybe take give up picks to trade Jay Cutler. Seriously, they they would have to trade like Cutler yeah. in a fifth to get a sixth back so they, just to dump this out. So they went from this past January giving him a hundred thirty million dollar contract to the following January maybe having to give up picks just to get the, get him off their hands. That didn't. That's a bad season. Nice little season too by the Vikings, seven and nine. Teddy Bridgewater looks solid. It's something you got a coach, you got a quarterback. I think they can be a little excited. Get Adrian Peterson back? Probably not. Maybe who knows? But <laughs> if he is back, not, I don't think. You know, stranger things have happened. That's uh, not a bad team. Potentially. It's weird that a year ago the Vikings fans probably couldn't have been more depressed with their quarterback situation because you had Christian Ponder and who knows what else. And the Bears were feeling great. And the about Bears it. are feeling great. One year later, I think that poor Bears fans are among the most depressed in the league because everything's about to get blown up. All right, that's enough of that game. Let's move on to another scorcher. Kyle Orton threw one touchdown. Anthony Dixon ran for another touchdown. The Bills finished their first winning season in 10 years. That's good. 17-9 win over the Patriots. This is a game that meant nothing for the number one seeded Pats. But, Greg, you have some concerns as they enter the playoffs, don't you? Well, I don't think they've played good on offense for more than a month. They peaked offensively in the Indianapolis and Detroit games and then over the last month, they've struggled against Green Bay, San Diego. They had a good half against Miami, the Jets, and now the Bills. And I know they were sitting a lot of people, but Brady played half the game and the offense, didn't play well, and he was out there. It's just a fact. It doesn't mean they can't respond, but they haven't played as well on offense. Well, this same Bills team that took care of business against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are tough to deal with on defense. We've learned that. And Brady left at half with six points and about 80 yards passing. Did not look good. Now, Edelman's not in there. Rob Gronkowski's Gronk, not, in, not there. in there. I know. They I know. had a bunch of subs. It was really almost a preseason affair for the New England, the way they handled it. They pulled Brady at halftime. In comes Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. I mean, New England, I, I think they're going to get it right. This is a team that knows how to fix itself over the bye week. By the right? way, in two weeks, they're going to win 42-7. Exactly. Fine. I don't think there's a lot to be worried about yet. Bills have to be kicking themselves for losing that game uh, to the Raiders. It could have been exciting. And, and the Broncos, too, just watching this, it, they could have – Force the Patriots to play this yeah. game because you Good just call. never know and get that home field. And, Greg, you want to give a little credit to Mark and I. We told you 400 times, all the times you were worried about this team, they'd go 12-4 and four and be the one seed. What happened? I give you guys all the credit in the world. You're the we're best. We're Sears, a pair of them. All right, let's move on. Andrew Luck threw for 160 yards and two touchdowns before sitting out the final two quarters. And the Colts won their final, final game of the regular season, a 27-10 win over the woeful Tennessee Titans. Uh, that's a Titans get the number two pick in the draft, and the Colts will play next week in the wild card round. Uh, the Colts enter January with a lot of lot to prove, though, don't they, Mark? I think so. I mean, I you know Wesleyan has pointed it out on the on the show a few times, and the mm. offense is an up and down operation. I don't think there's something overly special about the defense. Andrew Luck though finishes the year with more touchdown passes than any quarterback in the game, and I wouldn't want forty. To, I wouldn't want to deal with him in the playoffs, frankly. A lot of upsets in this game. One. Jordan Palmer threw passes in the NFL this season. Three of them in this game. I mean, that's pretty crazy. The The Titans threw 31 passes in this game between him and Whitehurst for 50 yards. I've never seen that. 1.4. If one team awesome. wanted, I'm not sure this would be a shocker, but if one team wanted to say one and done, we're, we're not excited about what happened this season, Ken Wisenhunt could mm. not have done less to undo the reputation of him being a quarterback whisperer. Well, that's <laughs> one thing when you get a young Big Ben. But his record over the final couple seasons in Arizona into this year is abominable, and he's shown very little ability to develop a quarterback. By the way, unless you're Bill Walsh, I'm kind of all set on the quarterback whisperer move. Yeah. I'm kind of done with that. Well, right. We've, we've maybe not us, but everyone, including us, is I'm not even sure if I'm too in too Bill Walsh as a quarterback whisperer. Right. Yeah, enough of the whispering, everybody. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what that really means, but it, it doesn't really check out over time it's in most cases. It's a solid point. Someone named Zerlon Tipton. I know that guy. Had nine carries in this game. I just wanted to point that out. What? Is, this is week 17 in a nutshell. That's where we are. All right, Mark steps out. Greg and I will finish the show, and we finish it by talking about Sunday night football. Ah. Uh. Yikes. Where Antonio <laughs> Brown returned Let's a punt for a touchdown. Let's get the energy level up here, Dan. Big game. Where Antonio Brown returned a punt for a touchdown and sealed the AFC North for the Steelers with a... 63-yard touchdown reception 
late in the game. The Steelers went 27-17 over the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday night football. That is an AFC North championship for the Steelers, who really rebounded in the final month of the season after being obviously up and down in the first two-thirds of the season. And it also gives them a home game against the Baltimore Ravens next weekend. And the, the Bengals, where do the Bengals go? They will be heading to Indianapolis Indian- on Sunday. Ooh. Two ga- two teams I thought for certain were first-round knockouts. Uh, obviously, one of them will not be knocked out in the first round. Hmm. But let's talk about this game. Greg, your takeaways on a big win for the Steelers. Oh, there's so much to talk about, but Le'Veon Bell's injury and then A.J. Green's injury on top of that were kind of my takeaways because these are two playoff teams. Le'Veon Bell, no structural damage, something we'll be talking about all week. There seemed to be some optimism after the game. It wasn't that serious. Short but, week for the Steelers. Right, and it's just they're just not the same dangerous team without him. I, I've talked him up as an MVP candidate. They only had 29 yards rushing. They managed to win this game despite uh, a few things going wrong for them, but they got a punt return touchdown. They got big turnovers when they needed it, and, and they survived and, and advanced. Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in football in 2014. Listen to these stats. Mm. 129 receptions, 1,698 yards, 13 receiving touchdowns. Obviously, he makes an impact on special teams as well as we saw. He won't be getting any MVP votes, but Antonio Brown is a monster stud. I think he's finally on everyone's radar, and with good reason. The guy is a superstar. He will be. Wait, wait, what? What am I lying about? I'm just saying. Give me ODB's 12 weeks over any other receiver's 12 weeks. That's all I'm saying. Calm down with this ODB stuff. Give me his 12 Eh, weeks over any other receiver's 12 weeks. How about do it again next year? Antonio We're Brown doing this it every year. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm if about if this a baseball season. player missed 40 games, though, you wouldn't really consider him to have the crown as the best player. So I think we should give Brown his due. I, I think you can make a case for Demarius Thomas, but I'll, I'm going to go along. Dan's right. Hey, get back I'm, to me next I'm year. I'm a big Brown fan. I'm just saying. Just those 12 weeks are pretty special. I wish you well, were you know, a liar. You know I'm, what I'm he, missing those 12 weeks already. You know what he also no? did? He had a signature game-winning touchdown to win a division in the AFC North. One-on-one coverage. The Steelers didn't play it safe. They threw the ball a couple times right at the end of the game. One got knocked down, and then the next one, Brown takes it 63 yards to win it. That's what big-time players do. Yes, and I love me some Odell Beckham, but let's see him do it in some impact games, and then we'll get back to him being the best wide receiver in football. I'm just it out there, guys. I like All right. Brown. All right. And you know what? Calvin Johnson didn't set the uh, touchdown record, so, you know, pipe down, TD. I think the other thing we if saw— If that's your real name— <laughs> I think the other thing we saw in this game was a Steelers defense that's continuing an upward trajectory. It wasn't a bad game for Andy Dalton, really. I mean, he had the early interception. The other one was bad luck. He really had some bad luck when A.J. Green fumbled that bass. Mm-hmm. At that point, I thought the Bengals were making a comeback. But overall, the Steelers are getting more pressure, and they look like a better defense over the last month I, of the season. I thought this was a positive game for Andy Dalton to go into the playoffs on. He made some throws. If A.J. Green doesn't fumble that ball, who knows what happens. Uh, but let's uh, you know, let's not bury the lead. Uh, this game clinched for Greg Rosenthal the around the NFL picks title. That's Congratulations, buddy! That is the lead. You uh, ended up beating me by one game in the standings. Yes, although this one, Mark had a chance to tie me in this game. That was a, a swing because he had the Bengals. Here. There's no reason anyone should ever get behind Cincinnati in prime time. I didn't. I chose the Steelers, so I finished a game behind you. But congratulations, that's your second. Uh, this is, and this is the lead of the entire show. We might even move it to the front. <laughs> You're looking at me with too much sincerity, right? Well, now. I do also. Should, there is a shadowy league figure. You mentioned the the other. Oh yes, that he wanted to make sure we mentioned that he beat all of us well yeah we had this competition with the featured group the shadowy league figure mr marvel he did have the best individual record some there have been some questions about whether all his picks were in time each week but you know he they had the best record in the i'm year. not touching that <laughs> I, I, could thought, got, I could get in trouble there i thought mr marvel did a fabulous job uh, really reading the tea leaves week after week <laughs> but uh, greg as far as the around the league group around the nfl group you win the title don't care. Moving on. That's it for week 17 and the end of the regular season. The throne of ease. You are Just sitting on relaxing. your throne of ease with your number one seed Patriots and your picks title and your fluffy white sweater. Life is good for Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> we will be back on Wednesday. Is that true? 
I think we're going to come back Tuesday this we'll week. Come back Tuesday. Because of Why New not? Year's Day, we want to come back a little earlier. Yeah, we'll come back on Tuesday and we'll start digging into these great, uh, great-ish wild card matchups and start digging in on the playoffs, which is a lot of fun. Uh, do we have a Jim Mora sound drop? No, we don't. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's not on you, though. You can't read my mind. I can't. Either. I like how you're bathed in darkness right now, TD. And some uh, kind of like a Marvel uh, character, speaking of Marvel. So anyway, we'll be back on Tuesday. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing up uh, for the Sizzler. Oh, are you getting emotional back there? I am. You know, it's been a fun season, fun regular season. It has been nice. You know, 17 Sundays of his late podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Only podcast in the game. It, oh right, that this. we're putting it up. It'll be up, you know, by yeah. one, two in the morning East Coast yeah. and Jim Harbaugh era. I miss that got too. A lot of international it's a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. who great listeners. on their way to work, six a.m. in London or seven a.m. I mean, we're going to be hitting them three times a week in the playoffs. Kevin Patrick right. will be listening to this while he just breaks his own benchmark <laughs> uh, bench press record. So anyway, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the Sizzler, the Boss, and TD behind the glass. A great regular season indeed. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, You're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.